Welcome, everybody, to the latest episode in the Flat Podcast. I'm your host, Tony Kill, joined, as always, by Jordan and Jess. So, yeah, we had a great weekend this past weekend of college football. I would say there was a lot of great matchups. There was a couple that we'll talk about as far as um, giving our reactions to. And then we'll dive into some upcoming matchups this week. I would say there's some decent matchups and one or two that I think could really, you know, be playoff you know, impacting matchups this week. So I'm excited to get into those. So let's start with our reactions from last week. So obviously the two big games last week were Oregon, Washington, USC, Notre Dame. I think Oregon, Washington kind of lived up to that hype. They it was a really back and forth game with Washington winning 36 to 33. I really felt like both teams, you could see the athletes on both sides of the ball. They both played well, both made some mistakes, but overall, if I was a pretty good game, I would say coming out of it, the, the most question marks you'll hear is around Dan Lanning's decision-making. I thought in the first half, he, they went forward and fourth down before, before halftime, you know, right there at the end zone. They didn't get it. I, I was okay with that decision because, you know, you have a chance to get the extra points you may need and you trust your, your defense to go ahead and do it. Where I did agree, and I see you guys' opinion on this as well, is when they went forward and fourth down on the other side of the field with a couple minutes left in the game, I think he just felt they, you know, they weren't going to be able to stop them on the offensive side. So, to go ahead and go for it. I, I just like God, put it away and make them go 80, 90 yards for a touchdown, not 30, 40 yards for a touchdown. And so that's my opinion on that. And then obviously the other big game was USC Notre Dame where the Irish demolished any chance for Caleb Williams winning the Heisman this year. And then finally you know, got themselves off the mat and, and did something. And the defense has dominated all aspects of that game, 48 to 20. So we'll kick it over to you, Jordan. What's that to you this weekend? <clears throat> you know, you know, the Dan Lanning call, I, I get it. You know, it's the thing is, you either give them an 80-yard field or you give them a 30-yard field and you have – they had time to tie it. All The guy missed that field goal at the end of the game. The game would have went to overtime. It would have been even crazier than it already was. So it's either you gave them a chance. They scored early. There was, a, I think it was like a minute and 40 seconds left after they scored. Yeah. So Oregon had all this time. If you punted 80 yards, all they had, if they got down the field, they're already probably at 10, 50, 30 seconds. Then you had less time. I feel like Dan Lanning had a faith in his team. And either way, I think would have been, I think the call was either way. I think no matter what, it was a, he believed enough in his team in offense, but probably in defense too, to know that if we don't make this, I believe that my defense can stop him. But it didn't happen. So well, I would have believed in my defense to stop him for 80 yards. It's a little harder at 30 yards. They make one play and it's just like they're already down there. If you know, and I don't know what do you, what are your thoughts, Jess? What would you have done in that situation? I agree with the decision that they made. I just didn't agree with the play call. You know, Bo yeah. Nix, he's a very good system quarterback. He's a vet. He knows how to read the field. He knows how to make these right decisions. But I correct me if I'm wrong, but I think in both instances i think they had him do a rollout or something where you know they got him out on the move which i mean don't get me wrong bo nix he's not you know a pocket passer he can move he can make plays with his legs but i don't know it just when you do that you're limiting his options on you know where he's gonna go with the ball uh, i just felt like maybe if you know they just kept they, if they had stuck to what was working kept him in the pocket if he needs to move with his legs he can but 
you know, I, I didn't agree with the play calls, but I liked the decision to go for it. Yeah, I guess I just I would have hoped to trust my defense, but if he didn't trust his defense, why not get you know if they're, if they're going to score like you said, Jordan? Maybe he felt like his defense wasn't stopping him that day. Try to go for it. If you don't get it, they'll probably score in a hurry, and you have a chance to go down there, you retire, win it, and they just didn't do it like you said with the field goal. So mm-hmm. totally get that. Move on to USC Notre Dame again. That was a Really good performance on Notre Dame. They showed up on a defensive side. They kind of got themselves off the mat a bit after their flat performance at Louisville. This was their fourth primetime game in a row against a ranked opponent. So um, right before their bye. So they really needed this one to really kind of save the season and kind of save Marcus uh, Freeman's future. Because if they didn't win this one, it would have been a tough go the rest of this year. But they won it. And so kind of everything but the playoffs is kind of in front of them. That big New Year's Six Bowl is still there for them to play for. What do you think of Kelly Williams' performance, though? Any thoughts there? Obviously, I think it takes him out of the Heisman. I saw he dropped all the way down to 10th in some of the booking stuff. So he's probably going to be out with this performance. But what are you guys thinking? Well, as the resident Caleb Williams guy, (laughs) I mean, it wasn't a good performance. There's no, you know, getting away from that. There's no... You know, oh, you know, he was still good at this. He made some plays, but he just overall, he he just didn't play well. I thought going in that he was going to, I thought USC's offense as a whole was just going to be better. What I wasn't expecting was for Notre Dame to just absolutely dominate the trenches the way that they did. I mean, Caleb Williams, he had no time at all that game. Like he... He wanted to do something, but the moment like the pocket collapses on him, he tries to get out of it, boom, he ends up running right into a different Notre Dame defender. You know, it was just you guys absolutely thrashed them in the on the line of scrimmage there. You know, overall, I don't see why Caleb Williams couldn't, you know, get back into being in that, you know, final three, get the invite, you know. Chances are there he's going to have a one more rough game this year, one or two more, but I, I don't know if it's going to be that bad. I mean, Washington, Oregon, they have good defenses. I don't know if they're quite as good as Notre Dame. Utah coming up this week. We'll That's talk about true. them in a little bit. Uh, but uh, I don't know. I just – I don't think U.S. I, – I, I can easily see Caleb Williams getting back in. He's going to just have those flashy plays. He's going to put up big stats. He's going to get back into it. I don't – Winning it, that's a lot harder now. I mean, especially since it feels like that final drive there might have been Michael Penix's you know, Heisman moment there against Oregon, especially if Washington can run the table. But I don't see why Caleb Williams can't, you know, get back into that conversation. What do you thoughts, Jordan? I don't think – I think Caleb Williams is done. It, you, you know, you have to have that – even if you're not – winning the Heisman, but being that top four, you have to have that Heisman moment. And not many Heisman quarterbacks, Heisman people, especially quarterbacks, are going to go into any game and throw three interceptions and probably have the worst game of their career, one of the worst games of their career, and still be in the talk. And you have Utah, who has a really good defense. You have Cal, who... That's a big question mark. Yeah, they're three and four, but they always, I don't know what, they always play hard. Then you got Washington, Oregon, UCLA. That's your stretch. He can't have one more bad game, and I don't think he's going to be able to 
compete and be able to put up high numbers again to get back in that. And I just think Notre Dame defense showed what you can do need to do to stop Caleb Williams. And then that's just get to him on defense and their line and bring everything the, every time. Bring everything <laughs> because uh, but it doesn't it also helps that Notre Dame has really good secondary. Yeah, because you can play one on one matchups and, and, and those I, mean, I think Utah could probably do very similar things because they have a good defense as well. Where they're gonna struggle is scoring. Obviously we'll talk about that. So I mean I think USC will be possibly be able to outscore some of their teams. But I think what they have to fix right away is the offensive line. The offensive line did n- did nothing to protect. I don't know if they need to switch out the offensive line, put some young guys in, and, and do something different. But they're not. I think we even mentioned this after the first two or one or two games that they were like struggling on offensive line against those poor competition, and they have not approved since that those games. So whatever they have to do there, they got to make some improvements. Or it's going to be a long season for him for sure. Well, what do you also, Jordan, what do you also define as a bad game? Like, because, I mean, I don't know if I would expect another not, you know, 200 yard, one touchdown, three interception kind of night for him. Like, I don't, I, I personally don't think that's going to happen again against Utah, Cal, Oregon, Washington. I don't think they're going to do that to Caleb Williams, but if he has like a game where he completes 54% of his passes for like 250 yards, two picks and uh, not two picks, two touchdowns and an interception. I mean, you know, by all intents and purposes, that's not a great game, but I wouldn't necessarily define it as a bad game, especially if they win, you know, if they're able to pull out the wins against like the thing thing is like, because if he didn't have such a bad performance this week, it would be different. But because there are, you know, Drake may, Michael Penix, Bo Nix had a, a good game against Washington, even though they lost. Jaden um, Daniels. Jaden Daniels. You have but, you all know, these other players that put up numbers no matter what recently. That one, I, even at the loss. Caleb Williams. The only way he the, gets back in is he beats Michael Penix, and Michael Penix has a bad game. He beats Bo Nix. Bo Nix has a bad game like this, similar games, and he beats them both. I can see him getting back in. But, yeah, it's just – He's had to climb now. You can't have any more bad performances. If he has that game where he only throws 250, two touchdowns and a pick, I think that is going to go get some. He needs to have 300 yards, you know, limit the picks. Like one pick is the most he can have any other games going forward, I think, for him to get back in the Heisman conversation. But, you know, I knew this was going to happen. That's why I let Jordan have him the second pick. But I'm, I'm not looking much better with Sam Hartman. So, I, yeah, I, I mean, really Sam matters. Hartman had 26 and two touchdowns. Hey, 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 yeah, 48 points. Because, 48 points because okay. their defense. It's oh, just, yeah. But, yeah, he, Sam Hartman yeah, he was started, great he started on that 99 30. yard kick return. That yeah, yeah. recovery. Hey, <laughs> it's hey, it's they started at the 35 yard line every time because their defense no. was just like kicking the USC's butt. Okay? Te- technically, the game should have been 48 to 17. Technically. <laughs> I don't know, man. That the last 17 points scored by Notre Dame, not a single one came from the offense. Hey, it was that just shows kick return. That was a field goal and it's, a defensive. Jess, it's too easy to score from the offensive side. You oh, gotta get a little creative. Really had to, you know, give yourself. Well, it was, the game was getting out of hand, so it, we're just trying different. to find creative ways to score at that point. Yes, you know? it's it's different <laughs> if the game was super close, but we put up 48 points. But wait, what about the other numbers? Because I'm not 31. Gonna do that. That's 31. right. 31. 31. 31. Yeah, but like my point is, like, 
it felt like USC had gained some momentum. They had that touchdown that where, you know, he Caleb did the sidearm thing. The announcers were giving him all the praise in the yeah, world. Only USC one person in the world can throw that pass. Bro. Exactly. You know, that's what they were doing. Only one guy in college football is making that play, you know, but, and then, you know, immediate response with that kick return. And that just sucked the air out of USC. Like, cause they had clawed back into it. They were with, it was a two score game and I they really, just got a three I, and out. And it's not, again, you know, like your offense is doing well, but. Again, it's not like Sam Hartman was just dicing up U.S. Well, yes. I, obviously, he wasn't dice because he didn't have to. He wasn't going he to go no, out there and force anything. He was just letting yeah. the game come to him. And Is this had to Tony have... saying that Sam Hartman's a game manager? What? Hey, hey if game manager give me 48 points, go ahead. Game manage all he <laughs> hey, wants, okay? He, he, he only had 20 passes the whole game. How are you going to put up a lot of numbers? They only let him pass 20 well, times. He didn't even average 10 yards. Of, he barely averaged 10 yards of pass. Not even. Hey, that doesn't matter. Not even 130 yards. You know what he did it do, though? He did it throw three interceptions in this game. No, like, that's yes. true. But I'm just saying, it's not like you guys. Yes, can we look at something? Can we look at something really quick? <laughs> the scoreboard. Can we look at the scoreboard? Yeah, let me look at Let me turn it in. I'm just far. giving way more credit to your defense than your offense. We, we, did we not give credit to our defense? No. Our like offense was there. Our offense was there. I, I'm just saying, like, the I, think, I don't think. Other teams are going to be able to just dominate USC. That I think Utah way. will. I, think I do think Utah will. I do Utah think has a good defense. I don't think Oregon's do defense is pretty good too. We'll talk about that in a little bit. We don't. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that a little later. Let's, let's all right, all right. <laughs> Snuff of this um debate. We all we already know their name is now superior to USC, so we can end that uh, debate okay. for the year. Uh, end of the uh, rankings. In the rankings too. In the rankings, in the rankings too. too. Yes, that's correct. Um, sorry about your playoff predictions there. You guys won. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna take that. <laughs> the only other thing uh, we have two other things about this weekend. Jordan, you want to talk about Colorado really quick? They uh, they're up 20, 29 and nothing at halftime against Stanford. Yeah, end up losing that game to a really hapless Stanford team that just came alive in the end of the third, fourth quarter. So, uh, any thoughts no. on? No, Colorado <clears throat> there. No, Colorado. I don't. Their defense. I, they don't. Did they play? I don't. I just um, didn't watch this game. Yeah. I just saw the yeah. terrible. Also, I want to just Arizona winning forty-four to six over Washington State, just for Tony's sake. Yeah. You know, I mentioned Washington State a couple times on here, and they're just letting me down now. How do you go get six points though? That that offense was doing so well. What happened? They scored one touchdown in the first quarter, and they didn't. They went for two, and they didn't get it. And it went downhill from there. <laughs> yeah, that, don't don't, hey, don't go for any, two early. If any coach is listening, don't go for two early in the game. Yeah. Take the uh, point. Or, Oregon went for two as well. They got it, but they ended up losing. So it's just a bad luck all around. So don't do just it. don't go for two. Don't go for two. The other thing, Brock Bowers has served. Could be out for us this season. I saw some four to six week time frames out there too. I don't know how long he's going to be out, but uh, that's a blow for Georgia. Who honestly. Again, slept walk for another opponent, 37 to 20 over Vanderbilt. And that was a little closer in, in 10 points in there in the second half. They're kind of playing with their food a bit. They stepped up when they heard enough noise about Kentucky last week. He said switch. They just flip it. <laughs> one, I'm telling you, one of these days, they're not going to flip that switch in time, and it's going to be too late. No, well, that's why you and I picked Kentucky to win that game. And yeah. that's what triggered this Georgia game. and their fans. Like, their fans must have told them because Georgia fans hate us. Yeah. They, they heard us talk some smack. Oh, Kentucky's going to win. And they're like, Yo, Brock Bowers, you know, you, you, Amarius Mims. You, it's on you the board. Yeah. This talk, you know, listen, you need to embarrass them. <laughs> <laughs> and they did. Now, 
I, I, how do you guys think this is going to hurt? Because this, I feel like he's a big clog of the part of the offense there um, on the tight end side. So, I mean, they've won some games early on the season when he wasn't really getting involved, but I'm a little worried about them because they're already like kind of lethargic on offense, in my opinion. Do we feel like it's going to matter at this point the rest of the season with the competition as long as they get him back for like, if they get him back, I don't know if they'll get him back, but if they get him back for an SEC championship, are they going to be all right? There's some speculation. I, You know, obviously right now no one knows, but I've heard people talking about, you know, he he's going to have to get some surgery. If I, if I heard correctly, he's going to get surgery on whatever it is. And then if there's speculation that, you know, is he going to make the choice to then just say, I'm not playing anymore. I'm focusing on the draft. I have a shot to be like the second tight end ever to go top five, you know, depending on how the draft plays out. <laughs> you got something to say about that, Tony? I mean, Michael Merrick going top five. I ain't picking no Brock Bowers. <laughs> sorry. Especially coming off injury. Not doing it. Sorry, folks. Well, you know, that'll be the thing. You know, he doesn't want to affect his draft stock anymore. So maybe he comes back from surgery. He's like, look, I'm still as great as I was before. Maybe not. But if he chooses not to play, I'm looking at their schedule. I don't think, you know, maybe if Tennessee can get their act together at Tennessee, maybe, you know, maybe Missouri in a couple weeks. Mm -hmm. But I I wouldn't – I don't think I'm picking against Georgia the rest of the way. And then chances are they're going to play Alabama in the championship game. Maybe that'll matter then because of how good Alabama's defense can be. But Georgia's yeah. defense can be just as good, so that's going to – Yeah, they both have challenges fun. offensively, right? So yeah, I think they'll be a wash. So. Georgia's shown, like you said, they, they can flip that switch. So, you know, but now that they don't have Brock Bowers, how easy is it going to be? See, for me is – I'm going to have – it's a question mark for this week or next week because they're on a bye. So the week – Florida. What Florida are they going to get? It's a good question. No one knows the answer to that on any given week. No. So are they going to get the like? That. Are they going to get the really good Florida, where they could probably beat Georgia because they don't. Florida. They are, or they're no, going to get the bad Florida. It's in between, though. It's not at Florida. It's, it's like in. Head. It's in Florida, but it's like in between uh, Georgia and uh, the it's, campus. It's in Jacksonville. Yeah. Why do they do that? You know, they, they it's sort of like the Red River thing where they meet halfway. And, yeah, but and like Missouri, it feels like with that, you know, I don't know. It just Missouri feels might, like another like they Georgia. Does, you know, they don't even have to go all the way to Florida. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Well, they're know. going to Florida. It's I'm going to be, be in Jacksonville. Georgia to win that game, regardless yeah. of Bowers plays or not. But Missouri might be seven and one going into that game, also. So they, there's a lot of they have a tough stretch of games. They could lose to Georgia mm-hmm. Tech. That well, maybe tough stretch, but not a stretch, stretch. But like a stretch that is ranked opponents. Maybe. Central. I mean, they get a host Ole Miss, so it's not like they're going to Ole Miss for that one. That's a that's a game where they I think they'll miss um, Brock Bowers. If if Ole Miss because Ole Miss can score. Maybe they just score against Alabama, so I don't know. Yeah, so and again, that's again, it's at Georgia. Like, it's not even like I can confidently be like, you know, maybe that game, you know, it's at Ole Miss. Georgia's missing that top offensive playmaker, but uh, all in all, I don't think it's going to matter until the quote-unquote postseason. Well, I mean, Georgia only won by seventeen against Vanderbilt, so. Yeah, well, we'll still see. a double-digit win, so it's bad. So, they don't even have, they don't even have half their field done. 
their <laughs> back of their end zone is still messed up. It was probably distracting to play there. That's probably what happened. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's move on to our, our previews for this week. Starting up first with the biggest game of the week, Penn State at Ohio State. Both are coming in here 6-0. and Penn State has the new quarterback, Drew Aller, who's playing pretty good this season. They're averaging 44.3 points a game. Their defense is legit. And so they have a, they're kind of clicking on both sides of the ball. Obviously, Ohio State, like I said, is 6-0. and They're hit with a lot of injuries. Buka has been out. Most of their running backs have been out. They're down to like their fourth, third or fourth string running back at this point. I don't know if they're all going to come back. I know it's kind of they're hoping to have them all back, so I don't know where they're going to be there. So you feel like if you're going to pick Penn State in a year, this would be it. But it's at Ohio State. You know, and Ohio State's defense is playing well. Offense is still doing pretty well. I mean, not as good as they've been in years past, but they, you know, they continue to get more comfortable each and every game. So with that all being said, Jordan, who do you got in this game? I got Ohio State. I don't want to say it, but I just think they've played better opponents and have a a good defense, which – Honestly, the last couple of years was a big question mark for me for Ohio State is that defense. Their offense could put up numbers, but their defense always was that question mark. And I think they're slowly getting, you know, they're there. I think they're at, I think this is going to be the game where we see Ohio State and who they actually are offensively. I mean, it was, they played uh, Purdue last week. 41 to 7 they dominated that game pretty much all the way through the week before that they had a good game the Notre Dame game was kind of their slow game showed defense you know they have a defense but I think Kyle McCord's slowly getting into his role and I think this is going to be the game where they shine and he plays his best and, and I just think Penn State really hasn't played anyone and the teams that they should have you know Illinois it, it was just a bad game for Penn State I think Ohio State is the better team here right now. I still don't know if I'm hundred percent sold on Drew Aller and being Penn state 100%. Maybe it's not even just Penn state. It's James Franklin's one and seven against Ohio state. If it, but I'm with, you know what, like Tony said, if it was at Penn state, it'd be different, but it's at Ohio state. And I think Ohio state has a better offense and a little better consistent defense in my eyes. And I think they're going to, click on all cylinders in this game and finally show us an Ohio state that we've had the last couple of years. Jess, what do you think? I think I'm going to go with Penn state this year. I think with how they are built, I think they are built to compete with Ohio state. They've got arguably the best tackle in the country. In, it would be a very big argument, but we'll keep that for I, it, If you have Joe Alt over him, that's totally fair. Um, does. It's a coin flip. Yeah. Why mm-hmm. did I snap for that? It's, it's the coin flip. <laughs> <laughs> it's the coin flip. For the listeners only, I meant to do the, you know, the coin flip you know, with the thumb. They, yes, they understand. I fail. I fail. You don't want to um, see it, guys. You're, if you're not watching, I'd be glad you're not watching. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> they have Kalen King, one of the best corners in the country. They have a great pass rusher in Chop Robinson. You know, they have pieces. And I do think Drew Aller is a better quarterback. At the very least, he has higher upside than Kyle McCord. And he can make some – he can do all the throws at the different angles. He can move. You know, I'm pretty high on Drew Aller. But this will be a very telling game. 
in my opinion, for Penn State. Because, you know, they played Iowa, and Iowa's defense, you know, is no slouch. It never is. And they beat them 31-0, but wasn't quite as dominant as maybe the score would indicate. But, you know, I I just think with how they're built, I think they can go toe-to-toe with Ohio State. You know, I've heard some analysts talking about it. You know, Penn State is built much better to beat Ohio State than they are to beat Michigan, just with how they've constructed the roster. And I think, I don't know if how Kyle McCord's going to really respond in a, in a game of this magnitude. He, it's not like he was great against Notre Dame, you know, but I, either way I'm picking Penn state. I think it's going to be a good one. I think Penn state wins this game by a touchdown. All right. I'm going for Ohio state in this one. I feel like, even though Kyle McCord is not like blown you away. I think he doesn't make the mistakes in these type of, like Notre Dame game. Yeah. Wasn't a great game, but he didn't make mistakes. And when it counted at the end, he made the throws they needed to make to win the game. Where I also see is I am not a, I am just not sold on Drew Aller yet. Maybe this is his coming out party and it'll sell me here. But I, you know, I feel what last game he had like what 150 yards passing or something like that. And it, I know he probably got to sit down early. It's just like, it's been those type of numbers a lot. And I just haven't been blown away by, what he's doing in these games. And now he's stepping up the opponent with a really good defense. That's going to probably throw a lot at him and surprise him. And he's probably going to make a mistake or two interception or two. I think Ohio state wins this going away 10 to 17 points because it's at Ohio state too. It's just going to be, I wonder how Drew Aller is going to be like, if it was a night game, it'd be even worse, but you know, it's a road environment. Ohio state gets pretty loud there. I feel like he'll make mistakes. The offense allow him to make mistakes. It's really a big first road test. And, I don't know how they'll they'll handle that. So for now, I'm going to Ohio State. All right. Next up, we have Tennessee and Alabama. Tennessee's coming to this game five and one. I think Alabama is also no, Alabama six and one. Um, I just haven't been impressed with Tennessee. They won last week at six a.m. twenty to thirteen. The offense is obviously not the offense that it was last year. Defense is playing pretty well, but I feel like. I don't know what to expect of them. They went to Florida and they got they just got beat pretty badly. This one's at Alabama. So I just don't know how well this team travels against big opponents. And I, I just don't see how – me personally, I don't see how this team with Joe Milton as a quarterback is going to get this done. I think that defense is just too good at, at Alabama. It might be a low-scoring game just because Alabama's offense is kind of hit or miss. But I think this one, for me, is going to be like a 24-10 type of game. Uh, what do you say, Jess? I agree. I think it's going to be more like a 31-13. I'm just not very sold on Tennessee this year. I like Milton, the prospect, but the the offense just isn't clicking. I don't know if it's him. I don't know if it's just they don't have the personnel to maximize things, but I'm not sold on Tennessee this year. Coming into the year, I thought they were going to be better so far. They have not shown to be – that great i mean they're able to get wins but i don't know tennessee they're just not they're not wowing you like they were last year like and being that this is at bama i don't think they're gonna i think bama's defense is just gonna come out there they're gonna i I think they're gonna shut tennessee down i think at home that energy tennessee's offense not being that great alabama's defense still being another great Nick Saban defense. 
I think this is gonna. I th- I think it's gonna be like a thirty-one thirteen kind of game, and I don't even think it's gonna feel like it's that close. All right, Jordan, do you agree? Yeah, <clears throat> I'm with Alabama. If you just look at the past ten meetings at Tennessee, Alabama's won nine of them. Tennessee won that one. Was it last year? That's it. The last time Tennessee beat Alabama at Alabama was 2003. So, and Alabama has a better defense. And I don't want to say it, but probably a better offense as well. I just don't know. I'm not really sold, like just said, on Tennessee. You know, defensively, I've, I don't think we've ever been sold on Tennessee's defense. But offensively, especially this year, it's, they've taken a huge step backwards. And I know it's hard to replace a quarterback that was as electric as, you know, their last one. But I, I just think if it, at Alabama, even if it was at Tennessee, I just don't see Tennessee having the good enough team and offensively and defensively to even keep up enough with Alabama, even though they're having a down year at offense. But their defense at Alabama is an SEC powerhouse defense. One of the best, still one of the best defenses in college football. So I'm gonna have Alabama. I think it's gonna be close. I, I honestly think 23-10. I I don't think Tennessee's gonna lay down. I think it's gonna be really close early, and I think Alabama's defense is just gonna wear that offensive down offense down enough for ten or Alabama to pull away. All right, we're all in agreement there. Uh, let's move ahead to no, well, Washington. Tennessee's winning. Damn. Yeah. All right. I don't think that jinx is going to work this week. Washington (laughs) State at Oregon is next. Um, Both are coming off losses. And Washington State, 44-6 to against Arizona. Cam Ward just – I don't know what happened. He only threw 190 yards and a pick. I I just – yeah, I was – I just don't know where this performance came from. They look so good against Oregon State, and then it just kind of fell off the map since then. Oregon obviously is coming off the heartbreaker to Washington, so – they might be coming in. This is game is at Oregon, so you got to have a little bit of home cooking there. You know, so I think right now Oregon obviously looks like the much better team, but, we'll, you know, what do you guys think? Do you think Washington State will have something ready for this game? What do you say, Jess? I think Washington State can put up a bit of a fight, but I think Oregon, you know, coming off of that loss, I think they're going to be looking to respond in a big way, and I think they're going to just come out here. I think they're going to do what needs to be done as it were. I have faith in Oregon responding. I don't think they're going to have two heartbreaking losses back-to-back. Washington State, you know, I still think they're an okay team. They're pretty solid, but I think they're a tier or two below Oregon, and I don't think Oregon's going to play down to their level. I think Oregon wins this game comfortably. All right, Jordan, what do you say? I definitely see this being another Washington State losing 44-6. to type of game. I think Oregon's going to want to respond. Washington State can't run the ball. They average 93 rushing yards a game. Their defense allows over 147 rushing yards a game. Oregon has a really consistent all-around offense, and their defense is good enough to be able to stop. And I just don't see... I don't think it's going to be 44-6, to but I think Oregon's going to handle business in this game. And just because... Last week, that was a, a draining game. It was down. They, they they probably should have won that game, but they're going to respond like Oregon does because they did it last year when they got killed by Georgia. They responded, and Bo Nix had one of his best seasons ever after that. 
I, I think they're going to respond after that Washington game and they're just going to put in work and we're going to see, I, I think it's going to be three touchdowns. They're going to cover the spread, which is 20. So I, I think it's going to be three or four touchdowns. Yep. Yeah, I think I don't think Washington State's winning this one. Sorry, guys. I'm out there, Washington State. I, I've tried to pull for you the last couple of years, but I think this is where I get off the bandwagon. Yeah. Uh, if, if you need any complaints, start it, start it just message Tony on, on Twitter. It's, it's been his fault. Yep. It, it's at Jess Saban. No, I'm just kidding. All right. Next up, this is the game I'm most excited for this weekend. That's Duke at Florida State. Duke coming in five and one. Obviously, Florida State's coming in six and oh. This is a really good, it's going to be at Florida State. It's a really good battle. I think Duke is just playing stellar. I would say I'm most impressed with their defense out of everybody's defense in the country. This is the this is the one I'm most impressed with. I feel like they just grind you down. Last week, Riley Hunter missed the game. The, the backup, you know, did do well. Only had 123 yards passing, but they won 24 to three. It is grinding out almost like Iowa type team, but with more athletes than Iowa gets right now. And so I, I just love the way Mike Uncle coaches and gets those guys ready. Um, this is my upset special of the week. I think Duke upsets Florida State and um, knocks them out of the playoff contention. Um, what do you say, Jordan? <sighs> I do not think so, but it does look like Riley Leonard could return. Day to day. So, But I still got Florida State. It's at Florida State. I think it. We're, it's always the same. If it wasn't at the Florida State, I think Duke had a chance. I think it's going to be closer than Florida State would like and need because – if they lose any game here on out, I think with that Boston College, how close it was, they're kind of going to be knocked out. But I think Florida State's going to be able to handle the pressure. They have a good offense. They have an okay defense. I think it's going to be close because Duke has a Duke's a hard team to play against. They aren't as star powered, you know, as everybody else. But they the coach knows what he's doing. The quarterback is consistent. And I think it's going to be a lot closer, but I got Florida State on this one. I, I think it's going to be 35-30. Um, I, I think Duke can put up the numbers because Florida State's defense has been weird. But I, I think Florida State still has the better star power offensively and, and weapons. If you did not see that catch by Coleman, Coleman. yeah, last week, a beast. That that was a great. That was I don't know how he caught it. Don't forget but, Johnny Wilson. That dude's a six-seven. Freaking yeah. nature, so man. They got stars, yeah. and I, uh, I, I got four. Johnny Tony's wrong. Of, Johnny Wilson drops a lot of falls, and the corner of Duke's going to shut him down, the, um, Coleman down. So it's, it, I called it here first, so knocked it. Don't bet on it. You have your life savings. Put your house. At, if, if you on, do, on the message. Dang, Je- Tony, D- I can't DM, reverse that. <laughs> DM just. Um, and, yeah, and you're in, put your entire net worth on and then have me cover it if it loses yeah, yeah i'm mean, dead already <laughs> but yeah florida state all right jess you got i'm also picking florida state in a very close one i if riley leonard comes back I might switch, but the fact that he's day to day tells me if he, even if he does play, he's probably not going to be at a hundred percent. And despite having a couple close games this year, the, the Boston college followed up by Clemson. They needed overtime to win that one. They narrowly beat Boston college. I think it came down to a missed field goal. 
something like that. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, Florida State, they found ways to win. You know, they had these tough challenges. And since the Clemson game, I don't think they've had a close one. Yeah, after Clemson, they beat Virginia Tech 39-17, and then they just beat Syracuse 41-3. So I think Florida State, they're going to come out. They're going to do what they need to do. I'm thinking this is like a 35-30, to 30-27. You know, like like Jordan said, I think this is going to be a close one. It's going to be a one-possession game, closer than Florida State would like, but I think they get the job done. All right. Both of you guys are very wrong. You will see that <laughs> on this weekend. All right. Next up, final game of the week, Utah at USC. Mass interesting game. Um, both flawed programs right now. Uh, Utah has been waiting all year for Cameron to come back, and I, I just don't know if he's going to be able to do it with his injury. So they're still going with the backup there. Their defense continues to be top five in the country. They won last week 34-14 to against California. So they're, they're starting to get a little better offensively, but I don't think they're quite where they need to be yet. But their defense, like I said, is still sitting there as one of the best defenses in the country. They come to USC. who's coming off that embarrassing loss to um, Notre Dame um, last week. So this game is at USC, though. So that's the yeah, – and it, it, we'll see how USC responds. Are they going to be coming out here angry that they lost last week, or are they going to come out and – not be able to fix the problems because they don't have the talent right now to fix the problems. So I'm interested in that. Now, if they come out here, protect Caleb Williams, give him time against this Utah defense, then he could do some things. But if they end up having a performance similar to last week where he has to throw balls up in the air, I mean, Utah DBs are going to take advantage. So that being said, Jess, who do you got winning this one, Utah or USC? I got USC. I think they're going to bounce back Uh, at USC. I I have faith – that their offense is going to make adjustments. I think they know how they lost. I think they know why they lost. And I think that between Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley, they will be able to respond. That being said, I don't think that it's going to be a very dominant win. (laughs) I think this is going to be like a 24-17, 24-20 kind of game. I think Utah... They're still struggling offensively. You know, USC, they have the pieces if they can just figure out, you know, a better scheme. You know, this USC team is reminding me a lot of the Minnesota Vikings last year. They got a lot of high-flying pieces on offense. They got, you know, all the talent, but the defense just can't figure it out. And then they change defensive coordinators and their defense looks better this year. So clearly USC should do that, you know, next season. But USC, I have faith in them. I think that Caleb is still the best quarterback in the country. One bad performance doesn't change that. It affects his Heisman odds. I don't think it affects the positional rankings. So I'll take Drake May. He's going to bounce back. That's what I'm saying here. I'll take Drake May first. So. Ahead, that was sir. a really bad well, analogy. That's because you don't like USC, Tony. <laughs> You're a little biased there. But, I'm not uh, a big fan of the guy. So, <laughs> I'm going to have to pick USC on this game. I just don't have faith in Utah's offense. And when you have a, two quarterbacks combined for seven passing touchdowns, or four, four passing touchdowns, and a quarterback that has 28-3, it just... 
USC has an offense. Yes, if they have a bad performance offensively, they can still put up points just because Utah can't score. And Utah has a really good run defense, but their pass defense lets up 211 passing yards a game. I think Caleb Williams can exploit that a little bit in some points. I think even if they put up 20 points, Utah's offense is not going to be able to put up 20 points. That's my biggest thing, is Utah's offense is not there. Their backups haven't really found their footing no matter what. I think the biggest thing for them is if Nate Johnson can, you know, use his legs a lot more. He's speedy. You, you know, the first game of the season, he had some big rushes. You know, I, I think if he can run the ball, that might help. But I think USC just has a better offense. Even though their defense is not that great, I just don't think Utah's offense is going to be great. So I think it's going to make USC's defense look good. You know, I, I just I feel like USC is going to win this just because I feel like they won't have two bad performances in a row. They might not look fantastic, but I think they'll figure some things out, protect him better, change the offense a little bit. I think Raleigh is too smart of an offensive play caller not to figure things out. So if their their offensive line is not good enough, they'll figure some things out to work with that. Uh, and I think they'll score just enough to beat Utah. It's going to um, be um, by a punt or a kick return by. Um, branch Zechariah Branch, yeah, yeah. Um, they're gonna probably get him more ball, jet sweeps, and running. Maybe it'd be, I did a little bit, I guess, in our name running back out of the backfield, but probably, he was hurt, yeah, prior to that. So, and you'll see how maybe get a little more of that rust off. Maybe he'll play a little better this game, you know, they'll figure it out. I think they'll find a way to beat Utah here. So, that's it, that's the main games for this week. As always, guys, follow along with us on In the Flat Pod on X and via our website, InTheFlatPodcast.com. If you have any uh, mailbag questions, have anything you'd like us to discuss on the podcast, send it our way. Uh, Until next time, guys, bye.